Welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to my favorite coffee story. We are so glad you've joined us this week. We have such a fantastic show with our wonderful guest. And before I introduce our guest, and we're talking about celebrating delicious specialty coffee, Hawaii's ka'u coffee, we always have our Anikona Farm moment, so I always enjoy sharing what's going on with the farm. And at the farm, and we had Seattle friends visit us this week, and we had a wonderful campfire dinner right just by our bamboo, by the, the beautiful stars, and it was just such a lovely evening. So it's just some of our favorite times when we can host family and friends on the farm and share special moments and also bring in some good coffee times too. So let's talk about celebrating delicious specialty coffee, Hawaii's Ka'u Coffee. And our guest, Lou Danielli, he's the manager at Ka'u Coffee Mill. And Ka'u Coffee Mill has delicious coffee. They're, they grow their own coffee, they process, they roast, and they're also a wholesaler and a retailer. And we're going to learn all about what makes that coffee so delicious from the climate, the elevation, the soil, and the rain, and all the good care that our friends over there at Ka'u Coffee Mill um, provide when they're doing their coffee. So welcome, Lou. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Aniko. Thank you so much for uh, having me on your show uh, today. Well, we're so delighted, and we know you've been so busy with the Ka'u Coffee Festival, and we can't hear, wait to hear more about that. But w- the big news here on the Big Island has been that we've had our volcanic activity going on, and that actually is on that side of the island near Hilo. And Lou, you're you're close to what's going on there. So we thought if we could just take a minute or so to ask you, how are things going, please? Sure, sure. Um, well, things down here in uh, Kau are are doing well. Uh, certainly, Friday was a pretty busy day, I think, for anyone who lived or was visiting on the Big Island. Uh, of course, we had the 6.9 uh, earthquake uh, about 12:30, uh, and that was uh, that was a pretty good shaker. Um, I've, I've, I've seen some earthquakes out here, but nothing as strong as that. Um, and it was quite long; it was about 45 seconds long. So uh, everything down here at the mill was shaking and rattling, and um, you know our roasters were kind of hopping around and beans coming out of our hoppers, and uh, so, so that was. That was pretty interesting, and then the multiple aftershocks uh, after that, um, and of course later on, uh, you know that evening is when the first fissure uh, broke out in Leilani Estates. Yes, um, that's in the yeah, that's in the Puna district, um, but it's about forty miles away from us as the crow flies, um, and and so uh, since then uh, we've certainly the biggest. Impact that we see down here is the uh, the bog, and uh, for uh, your listeners, uh, that's what we call 
volcanic smog here on the Big Island. Um, so it's a combination of uh, SO2 and uh, you know uh, other other particulates that uh, get airborne uh, and make their way uh, you know uh, across the Big Island and you know really up the uh, island chain. Uh, so so um, other than the other other than the fog down here, um, you know, we, we're doing pretty good. Um, certainly. The last few days have been rather um, not a lot of sunshine. I think because of that, so right. definitely the sun is the sun has been diminished. Um, I don't know how the weather over there is in Kona, but that's how it's been here for the last few days. Well, we're certainly thinking of you, Lou, and our friends at the mill, and all our friends over there near Hilo. So we're we're definitely thinking of all of you. We've had the same thing, Lou. We've we've had a lot of volcanic ash in the air, and mm-hmm. um, and also not a lot of sun. The good news has been that we've had some good rains, and that's helped a tad. So, um, but really, we're thinking of you. All over there. So thank you for that for that update, and please stay well, safe. Thank you. Thank you. And as we chat a bit about celebrating delicious specialty coffee and and Hawaii's kau coffee, we thought we'd start Lou with some of your early days and maybe some of your family growing up days. Tell us about that. Well, I'm uh, I, I am not not uh, a native to Hawaii. I uh, am from the East Coast. My family is from Boston, Massachusetts, and so my formative years were in Boston. Uh, and um, and then my father got a job uh, up in Northern Vermont at a prep school, St. Johnsbury Academy. So ended up um, you know up in St. Johnsbury uh, also, uh, but. You know, I had a very uh, dynamic upbringing, um, kind of growing up in both places uh, simultaneously during the week up in Vermont and on the weekends uh, uh, down in Boston. And um, being from Boston, I mean, my earliest coffee memory was uh, going on uh, my grandfather's uh, sales route. He was a salesman for Terrain Paints at the time. It was a regional paint company out of Everett, Massachusetts, and um, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, so... Um, yes. You know, really, really the first wave uh, kind of coffee uh, place, um, and uh, but you know, being uh, from Italian descent, um, you know, coffee was always a big part of any family gathering. Um, we always had coffee going, uh, so I, I was probably became a coffee drinker probably about eight years old. <laughs> I was, oh, I was pretty, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty, <laughs> pretty much uh, hooked on uh, coffee and. Um, and maybe it was the donuts that I got with it, but uh, <laughs> but but, <laughs> but certainly um, uh, that was that was my very first introduction uh, uh, to coffee. You know, of course, back then my 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 grandparents um, everything was percolated, right? So they always had yes. the pot on the stove, just going all day. <laughs> you know, which which not too many people do that anymore. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It sounds then, like uh, you had a great family and just a wonderful upbringing during those early days, Lou. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly coming from an Italian family, it was all about family. Um, and that's why when I came to Hawaii, it was uh, I felt 
wow, there was really a, you know, a connection there because, um, you know, just the way the Hawaiian folks are, you know, with their ohana, uh, food is such an important part of my background, um, you know, very important over here also. So there were a lot of connections. Uh, uh, so when I did make it over here, um, you know, it was it, there was a connection, you know, there. Uh, but but certainly uh, growing growing up, um, you know, we were, folks were always into gardening. My grandparents were always into gardening. Of course, we weren't growing coffee back there, but yes. um, you know, tomatoes and you know all the Italian uh, things that uh, that that they would grow. Um, and then you know later on when I was in high school, uh, St. Johnsbury Academy was a prep school, uh, and so we had folks from all over the world. Uh, attend our school. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. So, um, you know, we had uh, folks from, uh, from Yemen. Uh, we had folks from, you know, Ethiopia uh, go to my high school. So, you know, again, those are, that's where coffee uh, is endemic. That's where it was born. Um, and, and so it was sort of interesting having that connection uh, very, very early on, um, even, even though I, you know, had no idea that, you know, later in life I was going to end up in the, uh, in the coffee industry, um, in, in Hawaii. Um, that, yes. That is such an interesting story. What brought you to Hawaii initially, Lou? Well, so, you know, my, my background is in fine arts. And so I went to Hartford art school, uh, university of Hartford in Connecticut. And, um, I was into botanical illustration, so I did a lot of that. And so I was always very interested in plants. Um, and then I worked in advertising in Connecticut for a few years, and my mother's brother, my uncle, had moved to Maui in about 86. And I graduated with my BFA in 88, and I was about ready to move back to Boston when you know, he said, hey, why don't you come to Hawaii? Well, you know, why don't you come to Maui? and check Maui out, and I was like, wow, I had to pull out an atlas. I knew where Hawaii was. I didn't really know <laughs> that there were multiple islands, um, yes. and, uh, you know, back then, you had an atlas, right? There was no internet or, or anything, so um, I decided, uh, you know, I was 23. I decided that I was going to go to Maui and, you know, hang out with my uncle for a little while, so that's, that's how I got over here, and I ended up uh, living on Maui for about 14 years over there. Oh, is that right? You had touched yeah. a bit on on the fine arts background, and uh, and you were illustrating various botanical illustrations. What were some of your favorite classes that you took while you were at university? Well, um, so I was an illustration major, art history minor, and so I uh, certainly my art, art history classes were were a very, you know, very interesting since my father was a history professor. Um, history was always a huge part of my um, background, my upbringing. Um, you know, my father spent a lot of time with my brothers and myself uh, going to the Museum of Fine Arts uh, in Boston. So, you know, we're kind of surrounded by, by that, um, my upbringing. But um, really painting, painting, um, you know, drawing were, were really my favorite, favorite classes. Um, and it, just to be able to sit there and to really study an, an object. And, you know, you try to track, 
capture that, you try to render that uh, in some form or some way uh, was always very interesting. Um, you know, and people said, oh, what are you going to do with a fine, fine arts background, right? Uh, but, you know, everyone always says that. Well, you know, you're never going to make a living as an artist. Uh, but, you know, what, what it does teach a person um, is aesthetics. And aesthetics is something that you can use really in every aspect of your life. And so, it, so it's helped me, you know, throughout my life, um, just how you look at things. Um, and artists tend to look at things a lot differently than other people. And so, so we tend Absolutely. to have a just different perspective on, and I, on things. I can imagine, Lou, when you made it over to Maui and just seeing <laughs> the beautiful ocean and sunsets and plants, how inspiring that must have been from just, you know, the sheer aesthetics. Uh, and you also touched on how your uncle inspired you and special people in your life. So that's just so interesting how you made it over in Maui. So then how did you become involved with Kau Coffee Mill on the Big Island after oh, Maui? Yeah, well, that, that, that was quite a long journey. So, <laughs> so um, you know, my time on Maui was spent uh, working with some artists over there initially. But then, as you said, I, I was fascinated with the plants. Um, you know, the flora over here because I did not know what anything was. Uh, nothing was the same. Uh, I, basically, our house plants back east were like landscaping plants here. So I went to work for Ka'u, I mean, um, uh, Haiku Farms Nursery and Landscape Company. And I ended up landscaping for a couple of years, then being the nursery manager over there. Because um, I was determined to learn, you know, about all the plants out here. Um, and I did that for a number of years uh, over there. Um, and then probably about 03-ish, uh, I decided Maui was uh, getting a little bit too crowded. Um, you know, I had, I had a house over there and uh, ended up selling it and, uh, and moved, basically moving to the big island um, and ended up in uh, Papaiko originally. And while I was up there, I was looking for kind of a piece of land. I was looking for somewhere to be. Uh, and so I looked all over. I looked at all the subdivisions. I looked at land in Inaloa. <laughs> I, you know, I looked at land in all these Puna subdivisions. Yes. And, and then one day I made it down to Ka'u to, um, I think, the Punalulu Black Sand Beach. And I kind of was like, well, I really like this. Part of the island, it felt like um, Kalpo on Maui, which I really enjoyed. I spent a lot of time over there. Um, and then I, I discovered Ocean View. Uh, and I fell in love with Ocean View and bought my land in 06. Um, and then that's uh, how I got to Kalu. And I landscaped down here to make a living. Um, and that was going pretty good until I met my second wife. And um, she, at the time, was working for Ed Olson, our owner, uh, but with another company. So he owned uh, or owns A American Self Storage. And so she was working um, as a manager at the Kona um, property uh, right below Costco at the time. And so kind of socially, I, I got to know Ed um, and so I was living in Kau and she was living in uh, she was living in uh, Kona, and so in 2011 we decided to get married, and 
we kind of, you know, we didn't know where we were going to live because she had an apartment up there uh, at her work that she had to be at, and I had my house in Ocean View, and uh, and Ed actually helped us because he sold the property about a week later. <laughs> so oh. after so after he sold the property, he told her uh, that he had a little coffee operation down in Kau, and you know, you know why why doesn't she come down and we could they would find something for her to do. Um, so I thought that was great. I said, well, there's solves that problem. So she moved down to Kau and she started to uh, roast at Kau Coffee Mill. And she kept asking me, um, I was doing my landscaping and she kept asking me, she kept saying that they need cherry pickers. And I said, uh, geez, what type of cherries? I didn't know they were growing cherries, like <laughs> Bing cherries, Rainier cherries. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how little I knew about coffee. And, you know, she said, no, 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 cause that's what they call the, the ripe fruit off the trees. They call it coffee cherries. So, um, so after about three months of asking me, uh, I came down and you know, they strapped a bucket on me. And uh, <laughs> they said, uh, I said, okay, well, what do you want me to do? And, you know, the um, you know, field supervisor said, oh, went out in the field and picked a red cherry and said, okay, you see this? That's what we want. You just go out and you just start picking these things. And I said, all right. And, um, you know, I think the first day, geez, I picked like 90 pounds. And, uh, and people are like, you know, and of course at that point in time, our fields were 10 years younger. And so it really took a lot of effort to get 90 pounds in your, uh, basket. Um, and I just kind of really took to it and I ended up picking coffee here for two years. Um, and so that's really how I started in the coffee business. So I fundamentally, I, was picking coffee. Um, Thank you for sharing that, Lou. That is just an incredible story, how that all evolved and how you became involved with Kau Coffee Mill. And right after the break, listeners, we're going to be talking with Lou a little bit more about what it's like being manager of the Kau Coffee Mill and also maybe a little bit more about the region, um, maybe some history of the region and possibly a little bit more about the area and the climate right after the break. So please join us, listeners. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, 
and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working For You with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We're talking about celebrating delicious specialty coffee, Hawaii's Ka'u Coffee. And we have a wonderful guest, Lou Danielli, with us today, who's the manager of Ka'u Coffee Mill. And we were just sharing about Lou's early days and how he ended up on the Big Island and involved with coffee and some fun coffee stories along the way. And we were just going to ask you, Lou, about what it's like being manager of the Ka'u Coffee Mill. I know you do so many things there from leading tours and being part of festivals. Please share with us what that's like. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, it's, um, it's a very dynamic day, uh, uh, that's for sure. You know, being a, a seat-to-cup uh, operation, you know, there are many facets to, to what happens on a daily basis. Um, you know, we have 125 acres in coffee, um, you have to imagine that, you know, we're part of the MNC Olson Trust too, um, and so you know it's a very it's a fairly sizable property that we're on about 1,700 acres, um, and so we have the coffee uh, fields, the orchards here, um, we have processing, uh, we have drying, we have a, a roastery, and we have a full retail operation down here. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things going on, um, you know, wholesale, retail, um, custom roasting, custom milling uh, for all the other farmers down here. Um, but, you know, really, for most of my time down here, I've, I've been in sales. Um, it was kind of funny uh, to go back a few years, uh, just a little background. Um, so I was picking coffee for the mill. And SCAA in 2013 was in Boston, Massachusetts. And so Ed knew I was from Boston, and he said, well, we better bring Lou along with us because, you know, he'll know the language and know the lay of the land. Uh, So they brought me along to SCAA. And um, so we get there at the convention, and, you know, I asked Ed, I said, Ed, what do you want me to do? And he goes, well, I want you to sell coffee. (laughs) <laughs> and so he just, I said, okay. So he gave me, you know, I read some, some papers and I said, okay, this is what we do here. And, and then, um, I, yeah, I just was out there talking to people. I, I have that gift from my grandfather and, um, I'll talk to anybody <laughs> as my wife will attest. Um, and so I think, I think Ed just saw, Hey, yeah, this, this guy's just going for it. Right. I'm talking to people and getting them over to the booth and telling them how great the coffee was and, 
And so after that, they, they, they hired me full time as, as the sales person down here. Uh, and that was really what I did for, for many years. Um, you know, getting accounts, dealing with clients, um, you know, both wholesale, retail, you know, getting our coffee into regional stores like KTA and Island Naturals and, you know, just getting our brand name out there because really no one had ever heard of Kahu. Um, or very few people outside of the specialty coffee world had heard of Kahu. Um, and, and then the beginning of this year is uh, I had the opportunity to become manager uh, down here. And so I said, well, that's an opportunity I, I can't pass up. Um, and so I've, I've been in this role uh, now almost uh, from the beginning of uh, February. Um, and so it is. It's very exciting. It's very dynamic. Uh, there, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on uh, every single day. And we have about 10 employees full-time uh, down here at the mill itself. Um, of course, our ranks swell during harvest season. Right? We have up to 45 people down here uh, picking coffee uh, and, and uh, things, things like that. Um, our visitor center has been a, a, you know, really a great thing. Um, it is the only visitor center in all of Kau where you can actually drive up. And we have a full tasting, uh, tasting room, uh, full retail, so folks can come up. Uh, they can get educated. You know, we uh, we give very um, extensive tours, uh, free of charge, uh, on our property, um, and that's that's something that um, I feel the education and the background of, you know, how Kau Coffee uh, really how did it come into existence? Um, because of, as as you know, and I don't know if you know, maybe some of our listeners don't know, is that Kau Coffee is um, uh, Kalu Coffee is, uh, you know, relatively new down here. So our district was locked in sugar um, up until '96, and when sugar collapsed down here, um, you know, folks in Pahala and Na'alehu, um, you know, that's all they knew was sugar. And so um, this was all owned by C. Brewer. And what Brewer did do is they leased for free for five years, five acres to the ex-sugar workers. And, you know, these guys could have grown anything that they wanted to, but really looked to the Kona district um, as inspiration and said, hey, Kona at that time, at that point in time, had about 180 years of um, a sustainable economic engine based on coffee. Um, also, these folks knew that Kau is renowned throughout the state for high yields and high-quality sugar coming out of our district. So, they started um, these ex sugar workers are now our now our coffee farmers up today, and so they started planting coffee. Um, and the original two terroirs of, of coffee were pear tree and cloud rest. Wood Valley is the third um, where we are, uh, and uh, and kind of you know that's that's how it all started. Um, now in the beginning all the coffee was flowing into the Kona markets because, you know, no one knew of Kau. Kau was never a coffee-producing region. Um, and that was, that was true up until the, about the early 2000s. Um, and then what had happened was that a Brewer in the early 2000s uh, started to sell off their assets. Um, and then that's when our owner, Ed Olson, came down and started buying up their assets. 
and I think Ed purchased uh, about 8,000 acres from Brewer down here. Um, and so Ed is very involved in the Trust for Public Lands and, you know, really wanted to keep this land that he had purchased in ag. You know, he wanted to keep this open. But he also wanted to, you know, do something with the land. And he saw this burgeoning uh, industry of coffee happening. So he decided that he was going to build Ka'u Coffee Mill. Uh, and the idea was that he was going to help uh, the, the little farmers down here. He was going to help them uh, not only brand Ka'u Coffee, but to give them a mill of their own because they were all going to Kona for milling. Uh, he was going to build a roastery down here uh, so they could roast right here in Ka'u. Uh, and we had a full retail shop, uh, again, so we could interface with... Uh, visitors and um, you know tourists coming here, and then we could give them a you know give them a really good coffee experience. Definitely. And so, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that so so that's what you know. So that's kind of how this all uh, came to be. And I so appreciate for our listeners. Thank you for sharing how. Kau coffee came about and sort of the, the region originally being sugar cane and sugar plantations and how switching. And thank you for sharing that. And also for our listeners, SCAA is at the Specialty Coffee Association uh, that we are, are part of some of these specialty coffee, coffee growers and roasters. Mm-hmm. And uh, that whole history of that area and how it's been evolving and how Kau coffee is really delicious. The awards that Kau Coffee has received recently is quite noteworthy. Tell us about that, please. Yeah, so um, also in the, like, you know, probably the, the late 90s or early 2000s, um, you know, we, not us, us in time, but some of the early coffee farmers um, were placing their their coffee uh, in competition with Specialty Coffee Association. And, um, um, you know, lo and behold, you know, we're placing like, you know, two, second in the world, first in the world. So we were, so all of a sudden, you know, Ka'u uh, kind of became the, you know, the new, the new thing uh, in, in Hawaiian coffee. Um, certainly in 2013, when I was in Boston, uh, Kau Coffee Mill placed in the top 10 at the Roastmasters uh, roasting competition. Uh, so we placed uh, in the top 10 in the, in the world uh, for our uh, medium washed uh, uh, coffee. Um, you know, and so these awards kept building and building and building. Um, and uh, I don't think SCA does that competition anymore, uh, but certainly through Hawaii Coffee Association, um, you know, Kahu was always, you know, um, I think the Miranda's Farm uh, placed first last year in the state. Uh, Miranda's is a, another uh, farm down here. Um, you know, Kahu Coffee Mill is the largest entity down here, but we're not the only entity. There's about 55 other independent farmers with lots from five to about 25 acres. Um, and, and so all these other little farmers, um, you know, they all produce, um, you know, excellent cups of coffee. And, um, you know, we always, we're always encouraging everybody to, to enter a competition. It's, um, 
you know, it's it's good for uh, it's good for the region. It's good for our name. Um, and then you know, whoever you know wins, they they get bragging rights for a year. So <laughs> so that's that's always fun. There's a there's a good spirit of competition down here. So um, uh, it's a real it's a real you know you got to understand that really Pahala right Pahala is the is the uh, you know that's the main area of uh, coffee uh, growing in in Kau and it's a tight knit community and so everyone knows everybody and um, yeah it's a, it's just a real gr- great group of people that I've uh, gotten to know over the years down here. Um, and uh you know we just had to submit our coffee uh the end of april uh for uh, this year's uh, uh hca competition so we'll be interested to see how that how that turns out oh that's so exciting and we wish you really well and we can't wait to hear about that i think the um the tradition of agriculture in the kau region there on the big island really has historical roots. And I also love how Kau Coffee Mill really promotes sustainability. Please share with us about that. Yeah, so um, not not only did uh, Ed buy land from Brewer, but he also bought water rights down here. So, um, you know, when this was all in sugar, when Brewer came down to the Kau district in about the mid-1800s, they... They really deemed that we had the right topography and the right geology for uh, growing sugar. But Kau, being the largest district in the state, uh, we have no perennial stream running through our district. Um, and so there's no surface water in Kau. And so they needed to, if they were going to grow sugar down here, there was enough precipitation for cane to grow without being irrigated. And I think Kau is you know, one of the few areas where it was not irrigated. Uh, from my understanding, and um, so they had to develop a water, uh, some sort of water. And so what they discovered up above um, us uh, here at the mill is uh, perch water. And perch water is rather rare uh, in Hawaii because of the great perk of our ground soils. And so we have a very unique thing happening right down here. And um, the way I describe it on my tours is that there was a, a huge depression put down by Mauna Loa's uh, basalt flows, that very impenetrable. And then it was filled up uh, by what we call Pahala ash. Um, And that is a geologic term. There's a two-inch layer island-wide of this stuff. But the largest concentration of Pahala ash is right here. We have 2 to 55 feet of this stuff. Um, The source of Pahala ash is Kilauea. So Kilauea um, acts both as a shield volcano, which it is doing now, um, and it can act like a stratovolcano. So stratovolcanoes are the volcanoes that give you ash. Mount St. Helens, Vesuvius, um, and then our shield volcanoes kind of just ooze excreted basalt. So over the, the eons that, um, you know, Kilauea has been erupting and growing, it, it has given huge ash-laden eruptions. Well, the prevailing trades blow it in our direction and it gets deposited down here. So that depression up on the mountain got filled up with ash. Um, As it rains, it it just collects the water. It has a very hard time getting through the basalt uh, layer. Um, You know, the sugar company realized what was going up there because of the geologists. And so they started digging horizontal ash bed tunnels. Um, And so there's all these tunnels up in the mountain. Um, 
that were built between the late 1800s and about the early 20s uh, of the 20th century. And uh, that's where they got all their water. And the water was used really for two things primarily. Um, it was used for moving the sugar cane out of the fields via flumes. So there was flumes that crisscross all the fields, and they would run water through the flumes, and they would cut the cane, throw it in the flume, and the flume would bring it down to the mill in Pahala. Then they'd use that water for um, the processing of the sugar cane. Um, and that was prevalent up until eh, probably the end of World War II. Um, at that point in time, wells were being dug. You know, they had the technology to dig down, you know, dig a well. So a lot of these systems became secondary and tertiary. Um, and, you know, kind of disrepaired and, you know, kind of just kind of forgotten about, really. Um, you know, until uh, Ed Olson bought everything and bought the rights up there. And, of course, DLNR, the state of Hawaii, owns all the water. But it gives us the right to go up there and to repair the system and to use it as we deem fit. Um, it has been Ed's vision, and we've been on a six-year project uh, creating a hydroelectric plant here uh, on the uh, mill site. And so we are six years into this. We have uh, tapped into three of the tunnels, Noguchi, Clark, and Transportation Tunnel. Uh, we've replaced, um, after World War II, all the wooden flumes were replaced with air-grade, airplane-grade aluminum. Uh, we have replaced that with 12-inch PVC pipe. Um, that all ran into the giant Kaieva Reservoir, uh, that was built in 1920 by USGS up there. Uh, we own that. Uh, we've drained that, and from that reservoir down to where our plant, hydro plant is that we just built last year, uh, we have a 12-inch penstock pipe, about 8 to 10 feet underground. Um, we have all the equipment in. We have a 400 kW um, generator with a pelted wheel turbine. Um, all the electronics are in. Um, you know, we still have some work to to go, um, but uh, but we're getting closer every year. So it is a bit of a pet project of uh, of uh, Ed, Ed Olson's to become completely sustainable uh, in terms of electricity here at Coe Coffee Mill. Well, that's really an incredible project, and I know it makes such a difference for the community there. So thank you to Coe Coffee Mill for. Um, inspiring and spearheading that for the community. And Co Coffee Mill is really involved in the community in so many ways. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk with Lou about the Co Coffee Mill, Co Coffee Mill that just happened. And there were 4,000 attendees, and we can't wait to hear about the activities that went so well right after the break. So please join us. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. 
please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We're speaking with Lou Daniele. He's the manager at Ka'u Coffee Mill. And Ka'u Coffee Mill grows and processes and roasts, and they uh, sell and also do wholesale of their delicious specialty coffee in the Ka'u region of the Big Island. And we were sharing with, with Lou about the history of the region and how they went from sugarcane to coffee and how Ed Olson has been really instrumental in promoting agriculture in the area. Another thing that they're doing is they're very involved in the Ka'u Coffee Festival. And they just had the festival a few days ago and over 4,000 people attended. And Lou was very involved in that festival. So please share with us how the festival went, Lou. Yeah, yeah. This year, um, the festival was was really spectacular. Um, yeah, Co Coffee Mill um, hosts the most events um, out of anybody down here. So we really started off uh, last Sunday, well, two Sundays ago, April 29th. We host a recipe contest up here at the mill, uh, and so basically, the only requirement um, in each division there's a poo poo, an entree, and a dessert division. Um, that you have to use Ka'u coffee uh, in some way. Um, this year we had some really creative uh, recipes, uh, so that's how we that's how we kick off um, you know the festival uh, at the mill. So we have the recipe contest, uh, and then uh, we do a mountain water hike. So I led a group of thirty folks um, up the mountain to uh, check out our uh, hydroelectric system. Um, so we hike the old flume rollout line, uh, and so it's um, we start out about thirty three hundred foot elevation, and it's not a very long walk, but it's a fairly technical uh, walk. About two miles in, two miles out, uh, we walk the old flume line. Uh, we have uh, talks along the way from uh, Shailen Crysdale uh, from the Nature Conservancy, gives a talk on invasive species. I will give a talk on history and geology of the region, you know, why we have that water there, um, our wonderful ash-based soil here that holds our water and really makes our coffee what it is. Um, John Rapogel, um, uh, he gives a talk also on uh, native forests. Um, it's one of the largest intact native forests, I think, in the state, about 6,200 acres up there. Um, native flora and fauna, uh, it's, it's really spectacular. So uh, we do that. 
Um, and we also, uh, the Friday before the festival, uh, we do a stargazing on top of Mackinac Mountain. Um, for any of you folks who have been down here, that is the most prominent of the Nihole Hills, right above um, Punalu, a black sand beach. Uh, and so the Nihole Hills is a, is a series of, um, basically they've discovered that it's a fail fault line of Mauna Loa about 125,000 years old, and everything is eroded away, and we have these very kind of unique peaks. It's the most, it's the most unique feature in all of Ka'u. And so we do stargazing on top of that. Uh, the trust owns that. Um, there's also a Heiau up there. So we have uh, Earl Lewis and Demetrius Oliveira. We have an uh, opening or entrance chant and ceremony, and they give us a history of... Um, you know, ancient Ka'u legends and history of the Heiau up there and how it was built and what it was used for. Uh, then we have, uh, every year we have a, a different, you know, an astronomer come and uh, talk about the night sky and how it relates to, you know, ancient Hawaiian navigation. And then we just kind of enjoy ourselves. So we do that. Uh, and then uh, Saturday in Pahala, we have the Holalea. Uh, this year, um, it was, I don't know, there was an estimate of about 6,000 people uh, down this year. Um, so it was pretty good size. Uh, we had over 80 vendors. Um, so we had entertainment. We had great entertainment uh, all day long. Um, the weather held uh, right up until about the last half hour <laughs> until it started pouring out. Uh, but it was, a, it was a great day. Um, you know, it's a lot of work. Uh, Chris Manfredi uh, is the festival organizer. Um, he does a great job uh, of that, uh, getting everyone together. Um, it's a lot of work, uh, you know, not only for, for us up at the mill, but, you know, for all the other farmers that put in a lot of time and effort. Um, OKK does quite a bit uh, with the festival. They're a local civic or organization uh, down here. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, it's really the whole community comes together as a whole. Uh, to, to put this on, um, you know, despite the events of, of Friday, um, yeah, everyone was, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it was really a good, very, very good festival. Uh, that was the 10th, the 10th annual. The 10th so annual. For, yeah. Yeah. So we've been doing this for 10 years now and, you know, it just shows uh, where Kahu coffee has come really in a relatively short period of time. So it's uh, definitely so becoming true. more of a household name. Well, absolutely. And thank you for all that you did for to make the festival such a huge success and all your good care. And I love how the community pulls together. And even though we had a lot of volcanic activity and um, the good-sized earthquake on Friday, uh, it just shows how the strength in the Ka'u region and the community is so noteworthy. So thank you for sharing a little bit about the festival. Uh, was there a particular theme with this year's festival, Lou? Well, you know, there's, you know, really the theme is celebrating Ka'u coffee. Um, that's, that's always the theme. That's always the theme uh, every year. And so that's, that's kind of what we want to celebrate uh, during Ka'u, Ka'u coffee festival week. So that's, um, you know, that's all part of it, you know. So we just have everyone has their booth down there, and, um, you know, they all, uh, they all pull together. 
and it's just a it's just a good time you know i mean i get you got it's just amazing so if your listeners are uh, any of them are on island uh, certainly next year uh, you got to come and check this uh, major event out because it's 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 turned into quite quite the major event Definitely. So true, M- very true. And we um, we love hearing about some of your current projects as well with the hydro water, the plant. Uh, we were curious for our lister- listeners, what are some of your future dreams for Ka'u Coffee Mill? Well, you know, certainly here at the Ka'u Coffee Mill, and I think, um, you know, for the district as a whole, um, you know, we're, we're promoting um, the best coffee that, we can possibly have coming out of our district. Um, that is always, we're always striving to, you know, make that better cup of coffee. Um, and, you know, I know uh, ourselves and, you know, all the other farmers down here, that is, that really is the main goal. Um, you know, really, we, we want to expand uh, so people really recognize Ka'u, you know, and they don't have to say, well, where's Ka'u, right? Um, <laughs> right. That's part of, right? That's part of, uh, you know, outside of the specialty coffee world. Um, and we're starting to see that, you know, we're starting to see, you know, folks really specifically come to the big island and they specifically come down to Ka'u to, to experience the coffee that uh, we have out of this region. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, I, I think if you ask anyone who grows coffee down here, that is kind of the main goal is to, you know, we, we want to be, you know, as synonymous, um, you know, uh, you know, in terms of Hawaiian coffee, as as Kona is, and and so that's certainly you know part of the goal uh, uh, that all the folks are working towards down here. Um, you know, and, and and definitely expanding markets, right? Um, you know, Kau has about 833 acres roughly in coffee, um, so certainly the future uh, for us is here at the mill, and I, I think for other farmers also, is to expand the acreage. Um, you know, the Kona district is, I don't know, what, about 3,200 acres? Um, so, you know, we're still catching up uh, in terms of how many acres are planted down here. So that's that's one of the long-term goals for us also. Well, that's really exciting, and it's so wonderful that you are such a big part of that and really making such a difference. When you have days off and you, we've talked a little bit about your fine arts background and, and how you like to paint, um, do you find you can take a little time and, and do that still? Yes, yes, most definitely. That is my... Um, that is my solace. Uh, so, you know, when I, you know, when my, on my weekends, I will, I, I will dedicate usually every Sunday to, to my art, to painting. Um, if I'm not painting, then I'm, I've got my nose in a book. <laughs> so <laughs> those are my, that's kind of what, and, and working on my property in Ocean View, that, that gives me great joy also. Um, just being out in my uh, yard and stuff like that. But, um, but certainly my new subject matter uh, is, is the Niholi Hills, so that's kind of what I've been painting. I'm a watercolorist, so that's kind of my subject matter at this point in time. Um, but if I'm not, you know, if I'm not here at the mill, that's that's I'm I'm on my property, uh, just just being home. Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you have any up, upcoming travels planned, Lou? Yeah, so um, I go home every year. Uh, I go back east. Uh, my folks are both retired, and they live on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. So um, it looks like we'll be going back in the fall. 
Um, so that's that's the big uh, that will be the big trip, um, and I suspect that we'll be going to uh, the HCA conference, Hawaii Coffee Association conference on Kauai. So that's coming up in July, I think. So, but Perfect. certainly back east, back east to Boston every year. <laughs> back east to Boston, I'm sure that yeah. everyone is so looking forward to seeing you, and they miss you. <laughs> when uh, they don't see you. So that'll be a really nice trip. And before we close, Lou, you know, I'd love to ask for our listeners, since we've been talking a bit about specialty coffee and how Kau coffee is just such a delicious specialty coffee. If you Mm -hmm. were to summarize in about a minute, please, what are some of the trends in specialty coffee right now? Well, you know, for us here at Kau Coffee Mill, um, we do the three different drying processes. We do the washed the semi-washed, and then the naturals. Um, I, am, I am seeing and everything that I'm kind of reading, um, the naturals is going to be one of the hottest trends uh, coming up. Uh, the natural, that's the traditional method of drying coffee from Ethiopia and Yemen, where everything is dried. And so the cherries dried on there, the mucilage layers dried on there, gives you a very complex, very uh, fruity, uh, multi-layered uh, cup of coffee. Um, and so I'm thinking, you know, in, in the future, naturals are going to be a very big part of, uh, of uh, what, is what is happening in the specialty coffee world. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Lou, and I can see that, and that's so interesting that it's going in that direction, mm-hmm. and we've so enjoyed chatting with you, Lou, today about Kau Coffee in the region and how you got involved in coffee and, and all the good you do in the community there, and you were part of the festival and um, the great job you do managing the Kau Coffee Mill and even sharing with us about the, the history of the region and um, a little bit about the climate, and we've been also enjoying hearing about all the awards that Kau Coffee has been receiving. So, um, all the best to you in the future, and and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we've had Lou Danielli with us from Kau Coffee Mill. He's the manager there, and we've so appreciated speaking with you. So, thank you so much. Well, thank and- you very much, Annika, <laughs> for having me. Oh, it's been such a pleasure, and we've been so honored. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today on My Favorite Coffee Story. We've really enjoyed sharing about Kau Coffee and the specialty coffees in general and about the Kau Coffee Festival and community and history of the region and a little bit about Hawaii and we, we really enjoy when we can spend time together every week. So thank you for joining us. And, of course, on Anikona.com, we have our listener gift. And if you have questions, we love hearing from you. You can email us at radio at myfavoritecoffeestory.com. Thanks again for being with us. We look forward to seeing or being together next week on My Favorite Coffee Story. In the meantime, we wish you a wonderful aloha. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we hope you'll have a relaxing week 